Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. What a beautiful day it is. What a beautiful day. I was trying to take a selfie of us doing our podcast, <laughs> and it, it was a bit weird. Well, because we're not in the same place, so you're, you're, no. you're just going to get a picture, of, a big picture of my head and a small one of yours. Yeah. I'll still try and post it anyway. Great. I mean, your head's big anyway. It's true. We've been talking about it all day. Yeah, we we'll have. peek behind the curtain. <laughs> You are wearing a, a gorgeous hat this evening. Thank you. I love you. the army green beanie, yes. beanie hat. And, yeah, it's a Lake Street Dive hat. It's not classy to wear your own band's hat, but who cares? <laughs> I love it. It was free. It was free. And welcome to you all out there in podcast land to uh, Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Today's star date is star date. 317615.8. And we will be discussing season one, episode seven of Star Trek's Lower Decks program entitled Much Ado About Boimler. Boimler. Oh, wait, I have a sound effect for the hub. Oh, hit me, hit me. Boimler? It was short, but it's there. Boimler? Boimler. Sh- yeah, short, but uh, strong. Mm. Yes, a wonderful episode. It's actually, it's funny because I'm rewatching it. It's not so much. I mean, it is about Boimler, but there's a great deal about Mariner in this episode. So, I don't know. The transporter incident. Yes. The Trek trope is out of phase. The trans, he's out of phase. Mm. But it's just cosmetic. Uh, Shall we get into it? Let's get into it. Let's run it down. It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? And we'd be happy to run it down for you. Me singing. Okay, so episode begins with a cold open teaser. But this one is connected to the plot, so it's interesting. Anyway, the crew's exhausted. They've been working on the station grid or something. And then Tendi runs in and she comes in with like a, a cute little dog that apparently she made out of raw carbon and she edited all six billion of the DNA sequences. And she did it by pretending to go to the bathroom, but working on it all the time. And she's super happy about it. And then she's like, I'm going to tell you guys all about it. And she runs away to get her notes. And everyone's kind of like, okay, cool. You made a dog. Who cares? And then the dog's eyes glow and its body like inverts and it crawls up on the ceiling and it's staring at people. And Rutherford and Boimler are, are very much uh, worried about this. And Mariner just rolls over and says, tell me if anything important happens. So that is the cold open. Tendy's dog. So we begin with the first officer's log. Ransom is saying that Along with Freeman and Shax, they have to go on an elite secret covert mission to maybe plant some roulotte seeds, which I guess are a kind of seed. I don't know. I didn't <laughs> Google that. Super secret mission to plant a seed. 
to maybe plant seed. To maybe plant a seed. They're training and they're all black, you know, secret mission ninjas, Navy SEAL suits or whatever. But so there'll be like a visiting captain and the visiting captain will take over the ship. They have to rendezvous with a ship called Rubidoux and they have to go to a bog planet, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, Mariner's pretty upset about this because she doesn't like visiting captains. She calls them babysitters and they never know anything that's going on. Plus, they're going to a bog planet, which she hates. And Boimler's super excited about the new captain because it's somebody's, it's a new person's butt to kiss. And uh, also, note to self, Tandy's dog runs by and then turns into a cube and the cube keeps rolling. It's um, disturbing. Rutherford uh, is working on the transporter and Boimler comes rushing in because he's excited because the new captain is here and he's worried about his hair and blah, blah, blah. But Rutherford is working on the transporters because he wants to make them like 1.5 seconds faster or something like that. But Mariner said she won't help him test them out until he works on his stuff more, but he's worried he can't work on his stuff and he needs someone to help him. And Boimler's like, oh, hey, I'll be your test subject. So he jumps in the transporter and he gets transported. He says, quote, boim me up, which is disgusting. <laughs> and he's sent a few feet away. And then he's like, do it again, do it again. And so they do it again. But this time when he comes back, he's like glowing and emitting like a very um, sort of screechy, unpleasant sound. And he's he's uh, out of phase, apparently. he's not. He didn't quite finish being transported. Rutherford says he's off by one millicochran, whatever that means. I thought that was a Zephram cop. I thought that was a Zephram Cock. Oh, God. I thought that was a Zephram Cochran throwback. Yes, obviously. It, yeah, it mentions Cochran. I just don't know what a Miller Cochran would be because he made. I don't think it was meant to mean. Yeah, anything. it doesn't. It's, well, how could you be off? Because Cochran invented the warp engine, not the transporter dingle dank, right? I don't know. Maybe you did. We're doing well. We're doing great. We're dingle nerds. danks and. Yeah, yeah, I'm on top of it. Miller, Miller Cochran. Zephram Cochran. So. <laughs> <laughs> the new captain turns out to be a friend of Mariner's from back in Academy. It's Amina. I didn't write down her last name because I'm an idiot. Anyway, Mariner's like, oh, Amina, so good to see you. And uh, she sh she introduces Mariner to her team, which is like three of her ace squad from her ship, the Oakland. I think it's called the Oakland. I wrote it down at the end. I love having to edit this out, you know. You know, the thing is that uh, you got to write these things down, you know, 60, 70 times. Anyway, she shows up and they hug and everything is cool. And Boimler shows up and he's loud and facing. So he's immediately sent to sickbay where the doctor doesn't know what the hell is wrong with him, but keeps poking him with stuff. And then Rutherford runs in and he's able to make him quieter, but not make him out of phase. So the doc says, listen, you're going to be sent to Division 14 they're going to send you to the farm where they heal people who have mysterious injuries. You and, quote, the dog, which is Tendy's dog, will, will be going. And Tendy's there, and she's going to go with her dog, the dog. And always when she's looking away, the dog does something weird. In this instance, when she looks away, its entire head turns into a giant circular maw, and two one-eyed bats fly out of its neck. That's disgusting as well. Almost as disgusting as Boimley Up. Um... So, meanwhile, Amina's trying to make a captain's log about how they're going to the planet, but Mariner's playing with Amina's stuff, and Amina wants all the hot gossip, but then she says what she really wants is Mariner by her side to help her not be a babysitter captain. And so she's like, while I'm here as a temporary captain, I want you to be my first officer. And Mariner accepts, and they hug. However, Mariner looks concerned. A strange ship comes out of the void. It is the Division 14 medical specialist, 
he collects Boimler and the dog. He has three arms and he has a very evil laugh and a deep voice and a mask on. It's creepy. And as he leads him onto the ship, he says, I'll be taking you to the farm. The farm cures all. Ha 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 Maniacal laugh, maniacal laugh. Back on the Cerritos, Amina is talking to her team. She's talking about things that her team did to Mariner. And uh, Mariner tells the team about things she did in the Academy, which they are not into. They don't like her antics, but whatever. They put on all their overalls. They go down to the Bog Planet. They try to contact the local authorities. Mariner goes in the wrong direction. And it's kind of, they're like, well, are you going with us? Where are you headed? She's like, oh, my bad. And then they are talking to the local authority, King Phibius, which is ridiculous. And they're cleaning up the sewage system with some sort of big apparatus. It's like taking the water in, cleaning out the sewage and turning it clear. And Mariner tries to chat up. Durga, the I think the Vulcan member of of Amina's team, doesn't really go well because Durga's not into small talk. Obviously, the machine goes crazy critical, and they're trying to fix it, and they need the tricorders. Uh, Mariner is supposed to bring the tricorders, but she's like, "Oh, I must have left them uh, on the ship or uh, in the dock, the transporter dock." And they're like, "Oh," and they have to fix it with all this other stuff. They manage to fix it without it exploding and everything going critical, but they blame Mariner for the issue. They get back to the ship. Captain Freeman checks in in her black onesie uh, thing next to uh, the little uh, roulot plant. They say that they fixed the waste pipe. And Freeman says, uh, well, I better get back to my secret mission. I might have to plant these roulot seeds at any time. So good luck with your meeting with the Rubidoux. And so they're supposed to be waiting for the Rubidoux, which is late. Amina tells Mariner to do uh, long distance scans and Mariner hits the wrong button and causes an accidental red alert. Red alert! That was a bit louder than I planned, that one. As a red alert should be. As a read alert should be. Oh, deep cut. Deep cut. Deep cut. Enterprise, faith of the heart. Boimler and Tendi <laughs> arrive on the ship, and they meet all the people, the former Starfleet officers who are all jacked up, and one's got like his head in his lap, and one has been turned into a slug, maybe, and one had... Too much like radiation poisoning is in one of those like body carrier things. And the main one they meet is a person who apparently got bitten by a, an alien horse and half of his body is going through advanced aging and the other half of his body is going through like reverse aging. So it's like half an old man and half a young child. His voice keeps changing. That's very creepy. Anyway, they all call themselves, quote, freaks. And they think that the ship is just where Starfleet hides its mistakes. No one's going to be cured. They just fly around on the ship forever. They're never going to be cured. This is just where they come to, to be hidden. Boyman was like, we're going to go to this resort planet. And that's when the half old man, half young man says, you think the farm is real? This ship is the farm. Back on the Cerritos, the Rubido shows up. Its systems are offline. It's, it's dead in the water. Amina assumes that they screwed up. And so she gets the away team together. It's her three people and Mariner. And they go on board to figure out what's going on. She tells Durga to get the main systems back online. Mariner has trouble with her mag boots. And Amina starts chewing around about being terrible at her job. She's like, you used to be a really badass Starfleet officer. What's going on here? And she's like, I don't know. I'm just having a tough time. Meanwhile, on the farm... At shift change, the denizens of the farm decide to stage a mutiny. They're going to take over the ship. They say, tonight, the freaks fight back. 
and Boimler joins in them, you know, cheering. Yeah, the freaks fight back. The freaks fight back. The freaks fight back. And then it smash cut to him saying, the freaks fight back. That's exactly what they were saying. They're going to try to do a mutiny. He tells on them to the, the, the medical captain officer of the ship. And he's like, listen, I think the reason that we feel this way is because we don't have more information and we think we're stuck on the ship forever. The captain gets mad. He smashes the desk. He picks up a phase rifle and he runs out of his quarters. Meanwhile, on the Rubido, Amina, while chewing out Mariner, they find uh, like uh, doors that have been manually closed. They open them up manually. They find the crew in there freaking out and crying. And the captain's all of that ship of the Rubido is all freaked out. And they're like, you uh, don't turn on the power. It's going to bring back the evil creature and they're like what creature and the captain's like we're inside of the evil creature but as they try to come back to Durga to tell Durga not to turn the power back on Durga turns the power back on and the ship starts going through ructions meanwhile on the ship headed to the farm Boimler is outed for his mutiny by the captain of the ship everyone is confined to quarters the captain leaves and all the quote freaks attack Boimler so on the Rubido, power's restored. The creature wakes up. It feeds on power. Finally, Mariner steps up. She starts getting people out. The, the captain of that ship, of the Rubido, is frantic and hysterical. So Mariner punches the captain in the face and knocks her out. She's like, pick her up. We got to get to the bridge because that's the only place where we'll be able to beam out because they're unable to beam out because of the, the thing. And then Amina realizes that Mariner has been basically like throwing the job, like trying to screw up on purpose because she doesn't want a job on the ha-ha, I wrote the ship name here on the Oakwood. How do you like me now? <laughs> and <laughs> we find out that Amina's like, hey, back in the academy, we all thought, Mariner, you, you were going to be the first one to get captain. You had the best grades. You always helped us stay on track and everything. And Mariner's like, I don't want to be captain. I don't want to be yelled at. I don't want to have to talk to crew. I just want to be the like a great ensign or whatever. And they agree that basically Amina will not try to invite Mariner to become part of senior crew on the Oakwood. And Mariner will step up and help save the crew of the Rubido from the weird snot space alien thing that feeds on the power of the ship. As a conclusion to the Boimler arc, Boimler runs away from everybody, hides in an airlock like a complete idiot. He stops glowing suddenly. He's like, I'm cured. And the denizens are like, great, you're cured. Enjoy your walk in space. And as they hit the button to send him out into space to his death, he rolls onto verdant green grass in a beautiful planet... Uh, like a, looks like a, a Ryza, but like well built. And apparently the farm was real. And the captain of the ship comes out and says, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I should have been more informative. I'm sorry I reacted that way to the mutiny. Next time we'll be more informative. Maybe we'll spruce the ship up so it looks a little nicer so that people don't freak out. Anyway, enjoy your time on this beautiful haven planet where you will be cured from your, your ailments. He does his creepy laugh, which apparently is just the way he laughs. He's a very nice fellow. He cares about his patients. Tendi has to say goodbye to the dog. And as she says goodbye to the dog, the dog talks back and thanks uh, Tendi for creating it. And then the dog starts to float and it floats away. And Boima comes over and says that dog can talk and float. And Tendi's like, yeah. And Boima's like, dogs don't do that. And she's like, really? That's crazy. They don't shoot lightning either. And Boima's like, no. And Tendi's like, oh, I see. And then just as uh, unlikely, two very attractive Starfleet nurses are like, ooh, Boimler. And they're about to hang out with him. He gets cast out from the farm because he's no longer a freak. So he gets thrown on a ship with Tendi. 
and he has to go home. On the Rubido, Mariner manages to herd the crew onto the bridge. She saves one crew member from being sucked up into the space snot by grabbing its arms and getting her mag boots down on the ground. And Amina shoots it with a phaser and they pull them in. But they're unable to get out of the bridge because uh, there's interference and they can't beam people up enough time. And the ship is starting to be crushed. So Mariner manages to calm through to Rutherford. And she's like, get that transporter improvement working. Rutherford's like, it doesn't quite work. She's like, get it out working. So Rutherford runs. He goes down to his... Thing, and he manages to transport the entire crew back. They're all out of phase. At first, they're like, why are we glowing? And why is this so loud in here? And he says, it's just cosmetic. And then they say, it's just cosmetic. And they all celebrate. The Rubido is destroyed by the space entity and turns into a giant glowing squid thing, which floats off into space. Blumley returns. Everyone's in the, the bar, the 10 forward of the Cerritos, if you will. And he immediately asks Rutherford to screw him up again so he can go back to the farm. Tendi meets a real dog that doesn't talk and just licks her on the face, and she's like, that's gross. Amina still offers a spot to Mariner, who says she still has things to figure out. Then Ransom comes over, having returned from his uh, secret roulotte seed mission. He hits on Amina, and she throws him over the bar to the ground, and Amina and Mariner walk off into the sunset. The, the, the virtual sunset. And that endeth the episode 7 of season 1, Star Trek Lower Decks. Entitled, Much Ado About Boimler. About... Boimler. Boimler. lady. So, listen, I mean, there's only one thing left to do, and that's to, uh, let's go to Stevie Bads of the Ground, uh, the holder of the key, the, what? Oh, wait, 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 you haven't done your theme? You haven't done the music? Wait, oh, sorry, wait, hold on. <coughs> Had a long vocal session too. <laughs> Hello, I'm Akibur Beast. We go to Stevie Bads now live uh, at the Easter egg desk. Stevie, tell us what you get about the episode seven of season one of Star Trek Lower Darks. <laughs> well, hey there, Aki. As always, always, always happy to be here. Happy to be here. Um, there were a number of uh, Trek tropes uh, and Easter eggs today. Uh, we would love to do talk to you. I don't, do you want to go with like three or four? Because there's like ten. There's yeah, 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 yeah. We'll just do a couple. It's like quotable moments. We just pick our favorites. Pick our favorites. Okay, so um, oh, okay. So I had a little a little Voyager one there, and it was uh, Amina was coming back on board, and and like I think it was her Vulcan first officer said she's still an ensign. Which I quite liked because I thought it was a bit of a throw to Voyager and Harry Kim. Oh, Harry Kim. Our little Harry Kim. Forever an ensign. Indeed. Wait, did he get a promotion in season seven? No, he never got a promotion, he never ever. Got a promotion. Well, I think he like, probably died. Still an ensign. No, I'm kidding. Still an ensign in his, in his late hundreds. <laughs> I remember there was some sort of like flashback at the very end where like they were in the future and they were celebrating Voyager's return. I feel like at that point he would not have been an ensign. Might have been captain at that he point. Was like Who a knows? Lieutenant. But you know. <laughs> Obviously, this is a transporter phasing episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and you may remember from TNG there was quite a fun episode with Geordie and Roe. Yes. Which I believe was called the next phase. <sighs> and they were <laughs> and they weren't visible to anybody else. They were almost sort of ghost-like. Oh, yeah. It was like they'd sort of died. And they thought they had died, really. I love that episode. Then they worked out that they hadn't. It was really good. Yeah. It was clever. An unlikely I like duo that. of that. Uh, I almost said Boimler. Jordy and, and Ro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you happen to notice the Gorn dolls in 
at Captain Amina's quarters. I did. The Gorndol, yeah. Because I was looking at everything else and going, ooh, what do we have in here? Right. And the only thing I thought I wasn't sure of was there was a sword. And I was like, ooh, is that maybe the Sulu sword? Oh. But I wasn't sure. Weird. Among her captain's trinkets. Yes, amongst her captain captain's trinkets. Oh, and oh, and probably one of my favorite ones was um, at the end when the alien sort of takes her with the ship, and it sort of turns into this giant jellyfish. It was like encounter at Farpoint from TNG. That was that to me was just yes in your face. Yes, exactly. The the crystalline entity, right? No, the crystalline entity was the big thing that lore became friends with and the crystalline entity was like the thing that killed everything oh right it sucked That's yeah right. it was kind of like the big crystal entity was like the big sort of crystal tree thing yes that was like the big bad of that season i remember okay yes but anyway so this was the big space big, big space jellyfish and then it didn't it like find mm-hmm. a mate wasn't that the whole thing of the encounter at firepoint uh something like that yeah yeah yeah. that was what happened because like it it was where the, there was like the guardian that was taking hold of anyway and then it released itself and it you know they found its mate and that was all it was trying to do mm-hmm. and then Riker was able to come on board yeah aki aki uh did you did you uh, have any easter eggs that you uh find, find <laughs> exciting <laughs> in that episode did you did you <laughs> uh no i didn't have any great easter eggs i mean i love the episode general obviously big fan of transporter accidents I love the uh, mysterious division that comes out of nowhere with the possible uh, uh, moral uh, relativism uh, that uh, points at perhaps uh, Starfleet's uh, dark underbelly, but turns out to be an all right group of people. Uh, Yeah, all those Easter eggs on the the Division 14 ship, because those are like all the accidents that happen to people where they get turned half into bugs and stuff that get cured. In TNG, like, let's say they didn't, then they would end up on that ship headed to the farm. Yeah, that was quite a nice alternate thing that yeah. we never saw. Yeah, the the uh, advanced aging and reverse aging at the same time was very cool. Yeah. All right, well then, Augie, uh, that's all I have for Easter eggs, so it's, uh, it's back to you in the studio. Thank you very much, and that wraps up our Easter egg count. Be sure to tune in to the show next time when we talk about more Easter eggs in another episode. Back to you, B. Uh, okay, shall we go on to quotable moments? <laughs> what am I doing? Oh, I don't know. Quotable moments. Quotable moments. So, shall I go first, or do you want to go first? You probably got the best ones. Uh, well, the I have some good ones. I mean, my favorite one, I, I kind of put them in my rundown because I was typing it fast this time. But I really enjoyed, Do not trouble yourself with the journey. The farm cures all. That... Oh, obviously, boy me up made me want to throw up in my mouth. But uh, at the very end, when Mariner's yelling at Rutherford to get things all together, she trans she calls to Rutherford on the, on the combat and she says, "Rutherford, we need your transporter thing up and running now." And and Rutherford responds, "It made Boimler weird." And Mariner says, "Boy, us out of here." <laughs> anyway, I really liked that. That was so <laughs> stupid. Uh, it's a very very dumb thing. Oh. Well, that really would have been an Easter egg thing, the time travel police. Yes, that was. And do you know what? There was one other thing that I missed there, and this was a real deep cut. So the D14 specialist, the our alien with three arms, I believe. Yes. That was something from the animated series from TOS. So he appeared in something there. Oh, mm-hmm. snap. Yes. I think you're right. I haven't seen the, the animated series. Uh, full disclosure, ladies and gentlemen, take away my nerd card if you want. I've only seen it once. 
It was, it was, I only watched the DVDs in college, like a loser. But I intend to watch it again, maybe. We should. It's on CBS. Why not? It's very, like, uh, trippy. Well, we could get drunk one night and do it as a special thing. We could do that. All right. Now you're speaking my language. All right. What did you have? One of my favorites, I think, was Dr. Ta'ana. So when Boimler goes into sickbay, and he says, what's wrong with me? And she says, how am I supposed to know? You look like a goddamn science project. Oh, I I mean, (laughs) Dr. Ta'ana is herself an Easter egg. She's like the honorary doctor. She's a bit like Dr. Pulaski. Yeah, she's got a Pulaski thing going on. Yeah, I bet she hates androids. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Oh, boy. oh, there was one that was so fast. Um, so when Amina and Mariner are chatting and they're catching up, Amina says to Mariner, have you seen Ransom's photon torpedo? Oh, that was good. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah. And Mariner's like, what? No. Oh, no. She might want to. Might she? But who? I mean, who hasn't seen Ransom's? You know, that's true. All of the aliens in uh Ten forward have well, all of the alien ladies. I mean, I don't know. He could he could swing always. I would assume most visiting dignitaries have seen uh, ransoms. <laughs> well, let's just move on to next time. Next time on set phasers. Next time on set phaser. Oh no, that's my <laughs> Easter egg voice. Next time on set phasers. <laughs> Next time on Set Phasers, we'll be discussing uh, Season 1, Episode 8 of Star Trek Lower Decks, <laughs> entitled Veritas, the Latin word for truth. Uh, it should be a very exciting episode. No spoilers. Um, everyone dies. I'm kidding. That doesn't happen. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so we hope that you will join us then. Uh, thank you for joining us today for this program. If you enjoyed it. You can go back and catch some old episodes of our podcast on our feed, or you can catch it new every Monday, wherever podcasts come from. We will keep bringing you fresh, hot, out-the-kitchen Star Trek content. Trek tropes. Trek, trek tropes. content. Trek stuff. Trek lore. All of the trek, trek, trek things, we will bring it to you. We, in fact, fully plan on doing all of the trek that's out there at some point. I mean... Indeed. We have time. There is there is always we're, time. We're going to get drunk and, and watch yeah. the, the original series animated series. That's exactly what we're going to do. And if uh, in the meantime, if you fancy heading over to our social media, you can do that. We are at Set Phasers and at Set Phasers Podcast on the Facebook and the Instagram. Meme Game Strong. Hashtag Meme, meme Game Strong. Meme Game Strong. Meme Game Strong. And if you want to support our continuing mission, not uh, satisfied simply to sit there as you are now and enjoy our mellifluous voices then please support us uh, discovering what else star trek and and rapid uh, shocked inhales that i can't do but uh, <laughs> like that you can help us by going to our patreon you can patronize us we can take it we're at patreon.com slash set phasers and we do cool shit we do on our favorite cool shit thing Cool. Our never fuck it. Our favorite thing to do is Star Trek watch parties, uh, which we do once a month, and we do double headers, and we all just get together and watch Star Trek on Netflix, and it's awesome. Yes, we might have one coming up in a couple weeks. We do. Set uh, Patreon.com forward slash Set Phasers. Yes, that was your line, wasn't it? Now, now what? now it's you now it's your now is it me okay well yeah Mm -hmm. it's me uh thank you so much for listening i am stevie mans and i'll see you next time
And I'm Aki Vermees, and this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Computer. Oh shit, with my button. Uh oh. Uh oh. End program. Oh fuck. Mm-hmm.